Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Now look with me in Mark 16. We're going to look at verses 15 and 16, and then we'll look at verse 20. He said to his disciples, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now look at verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. And then in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, he said to his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So now let me ask a question again. Who's going to build his church? Jesus is going to build his church, but he will build it together with disciples, with believers. I believe that applied to the 12, the 120 in Acts 2, the 3,000 in Acts 2, the 5,000 in Acts 3, and I believe it applies to us today. He's going to build His church with us. And I want to complete our series today called Better Together. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank You so much for Your faithfulness, for Your Word, for Your goodness. I pray that You'd speak to our hearts, challenge us today, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, I will build my church. But in Mark 16, he said, he'll only build, listen, where we go and where we preach. In other words, he won't build where we don't go and he won't save where we don't preach. His church is only built as we work together with Him. He's the head. We're the body. And we work together. We're better together. Everybody say better together. In Matthew 28, He said, If you want me to be with you, then you must be about my business. And I'm a church builder. I'm out there in the field working. So if we don't go, if we don't preach, if we don't make disciples, if we don't baptize, if we don't teach then we've walked off the job that He's given us. We're derelict in the discharge of our duty, and we have forfeited the right to expect His presence to be in our midst. I'm telling you, if we do two services on Sunday, or three services on Sunday, or five services on Sunday, every Wednesday night, and first Mondays, and our amazing band and amazing singers crush it every service, and but if, if, if we do all of that and we have dozens of life groups and discover lives going on, but our end game is not about reaching the lost and making disciples, then folks, we might as well put this place up for sale and turn it into a McDonald's because we have lost our way. We have forgotten why we exist. We do our best around here. I'm dead level best to do our part. Jesus is first. People matter and we're on a mission to get Jesus to people That's why we have two Sunday services. That's why we do Wednesday nights and life groups and first Mondays and all that stuff. That's why we're aggressively in pursuit of people. 
If you're new here, let me just go ahead and put a warning uh, out. If you're new here, especially if you don't know Jesus, uh, let me warn you, you've got a target on your back in this house. (laughs) You've got a, a, a lot of people around you who believe that you're a people. And people matter. And we're on a mission to get Jesus to you and you to Jesus. And, and that's why we want to connect with you. We want to go out to eat with you. We want to grab some coffee with you. We want to get to know you and your family, have you over to the house, get to know you better, get, get involved in your life because you matter. And we're willing to inconvenience ourselves to have the privilege of influencing you to trust in Jesus. I was talking to Russell and Cassandra. They were going down I-12, I think it was, uh, the other night. And, and, and they, they saw a woman who was walking on the side of the road. She had run out of gas. And, and they were going probably past the speed limit. And so they were like rolling along, you know. And, and they decided, uh, you know what, Let, let's turn them back around. So they go exit, turn around, come back, exit, turn around, come back. And they pull up beside her, roll down the window. Cassandra turns the light on. It was at night. And they said, honey, I promise you we're not psycho. But we can help you. We want to help you. Do you need help? And so they took her to a gas station, bought a gas tank for her, went back, put gas in. As Russell was out there, you know, doing all his duties, uh, Cassandra's talking to this young lady, and she started talking about the Lord, and this young lady's lips started quivering, and she said, I, I want to come to your church. You don't understand how I needed help, and I, I used to walk with God. And I'm telling you, people matter. We're looking for people. People matter, and we're on a mission to get Jesus to people and people to Jesus. That's how Jesus builds his church, through us. And listen, we're not in this alone. He We'll go with us as we go. If you want the presence of God in your life, then get on mission and start trying to lead somebody to Christ. Start sharing Jesus with somebody. I am convinced the very reason the presence of God graces this house time and time again, week after week, month after month, year after year, is because we're on the job. We've got our sleeves rolled up, church. We're doing our part, and he shows up to do his part. We are better together with the Lord Jesus Christ doing the work of the Lord. In Mark 16, 20, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere. I love this. The Lord working with them, building his church. Confirming the word with signs following. Man, we're hungry for signs. We need to be hungry for sinners. Because if we're preaching the gospel, if we're sharing the word with people who don't know Jesus, signs are sure to follow. Come on now. You believe that? Now what I'm about to share with you next is vital. It's a key component. In Matthew 28 and Mark 16, when Jesus said, Go, preach, make disciples, baptize, and teach. He wasn't talking to an individual. He was talking to a team. The Great Commission is designed to be carried out in the context of a team. He sent out the 12. He sent out the 70. He sent them out two by two. He builds his church with teams. He builds his church with the church. Individually, we have a call. To have a part in the going, the preaching, the making of disciples, the baptizing, the teaching. And we fulfill our calling as we find our place on the team. And that's really where his presence comes into play. When we walk in unity and divine purpose 
together in agreement, then there he is in the midst of us. Amen? That's where he is. We're greater than just the sum total of our parts. It's beyond just a synergy, y'all. In other words, you know, you add us all up, you put the sum total of our parts together, we're bigger than that. But it's not just synergy, the principle of synergy where we generate more energy by working together. It's more than that. It's the presence of God working with us as we walk in purpose and unity. It's one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. We are better together, y'all. We are better together. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, He has given us, that's collectively, the ministry of reconciliation. And we, collectively, that is, lead people to Christ. And we, collectively, that is, compel them to be reconciled unto God. Folks, you may not realize this, but you are in the ministry. Soul winning is a ministry. That's what that reconciled unto Christ, reconciled unto God is all about. Soul winning is a ministry, and it's a team effort. Let me tell you about one of my favorite teams. As you all know, I am a huge Yankees fan. Oh, my goodness. I make no apologies for it. If this offends you, I'm just, I just, I'm so sorry. I'm a Yankees fan. I think we're only nine games behind uh, the Red Sox right now. And uh, that's okay. We, we've caught up before, and that's all right. I'm a big Yankees fan. But here's what's cool when it comes to the New York Yankees. They don't have their names on the back of their jerseys. Did you know that? They don't have their names on the back of their jerseys. There's no big eyes and little U's. Some of the greatest to ever play the game have played for the Yankees. Names like Ruth, Ger- uh, Garrick, Mantle, DiMaggio, DiMaggio, Ford, Jeter, Rivera, on and on. But their names were not on their jerseys because it was not about them as individuals. It was about them as a team. And one of the greatest, some of the, to me, some of the greatest believers of all times, some of the greatest names in, in, in the faith of all time are right here at this church. Names like McIntyre and Storr and Cox and, and Lede and Drummond and, and, and Tracy. and I could go on and on. And, but, but it's not about our names. It's about the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. There is power in that name and there is salvation in that name. And no other name is given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. And, and we have our role to play. We have our position in this, in this great endeavor that we are, we are on. And we invest our time and talent and treasure. But it's not making a name for ourselves. It's about making the name of Jesus famous and lifting up the name of Jesus in this earth. It's about plundering hell and populating heaven. Come on, give him some praise. Can you do it? Hallelujah. 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 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, We collectively have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We, We collectively plead, implore others on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. I'm telling you, Jesus pleads with the lost through us. Be reconciled 
there's, there's forgiveness in this house. There's healing in this house. There's wholeness in this house. There's, he, he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's where the presence of the Lord is. Get on the team. Get on the team. Let me take this hat off. I know I feel like I'm offending somebody. but the, uh, you, you may be saying something like this. D.H., I don't preach and I don't sing. I mean, you know, I bring very little to the table. What, what do I bring? 1 Corinthians 12 we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Every part of the body of Christ matters. From the little finger to the little toe, the nose, the ear. You are needed for the mission to be accomplished. In this house, we have five talent people. We have three talent people. We have one talent people. Look around. Don't judge anybody right now, but I'm just saying look around. We have five, three. We got one. We got people at all different levels. It's not about how much talent you have. It's, it's about putting it into the hands of Jesus. And letting him bless it, letting him use it like the two fish and the five loaves. What you bring to the table matters. I, uh, I used to play golf. I, I'm one of those guys that you do not want to play golf with. Because I, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if it's ADD, I don't know what it is, but like after a couple of holes, I'm done. You know, I'm like, I'd rather take the cart and go jump the green. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, this is b- b- killing me, you know? But I have, I have, as a preacher, there's a lot of preachers that play golf, and I have participated. Now, golf is not, it's not a, a team sport unless you're in a tournament. They have threesomes and foursomes and stuff like that. I have played in tournaments, y'all, around this country. I've played in golf tournaments. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not a scratch golfer. I'm not being humble. I'm a terrible golfer. I'm awful. My ball disappears, right? And then I make everybody mad because I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm going to drop out right here. You know, God. well, that'll cost you a shot or two. I don't care. I don't care. Where's the drinks? You know, like, I mean, you know, like Cokes and Sprites and stuff, right? Watch it. Got to watch this, church. So I, I, I have played in these tournaments. I've played in these tournaments, and, you know, and, and I hate it because they're always coaching me up. You know, I, I get into the, uh, hold your shoulders up. Uh, you know, like, they're, they're, put your feet together. If I can hit it, I feel like I've, I've hit it. If I get it off the ground, I feel like I've done an awesome deed. Even a shank or hook, whatever. I'm like, did you see how far it went into the trees? You know, home run, baby. But I have played in these tournaments. But I'm not, I'm not dumb. I do like to win. And so I, I would recruit on my team some of the best golfers in the world. Literally, in more than one tournament, I have had PGA pro golfers on my team. I'm connected, y'all. And I was like, uh, you know, so we get out there and, you know, out of 65, uh, you know, shots that we would use, we might use one or two of mine. And we'd use all the rest of them from them. And And I'd win the tournament, you know. And my friends are all devastated, like, you are the worst golfer of all time. You don't deserve this. How many shots did they play of yours? Well, they, they, we played one of mine on, on, you know, 17. Just one of them. But listen, you can say, well, your shots didn't matter. I'll tell you this, baby, we wouldn't have won without my one or two shots that made the difference. You may not bring much to the table, but what you bring does matter. You do matter in this great endeavor that we're on. We're trying to get people to Jesus. 
Take your talent. Take your gift and give it to the Lord. It's not about you winning the game. It's about us winning the game. Bring what you have to the table. In basketball, you're, you're wondering why I have my faithful assistant Trey up here. He's here to help me out. See, this is a, this is a no-name brand right here, okay? This is not a Spalding. This is a basketball I love me some basketball, too. Now, I don't know any NBA players. I've never, you know, played games with NBA players. But some of y'all, you know, think you're NBA players. Oh, did I say that? Yeah. I see you out there all getting, giving it all that swag you got on the, on the court. Tyler, come on now. Giving it all that swag, getting out there and playing and, and, and doing the follow-through on an air ball, you know, like got the form, but we saw it. Uh, yeah, missed the whole thing, you know. But... In basketball, there are some great players that are on teams. It's not about, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to throw this to you. It's not about the ball hog. It's not about the showboater. It's not about the hot dogger. It's about the team, the point guard, the center, the power, the, uh, the power forward, the, the, the small forward. It's the team. Even when you have a Michael Jordan who's on the team, you're not going to win a championship without a Scottie Pippen or even, for crying out loud, a Dennis Rodman, right? You, you won't win the championship. Even when you have a LeBron James on the team, Brendan, you, you've got to have a Kyrie Irving or a Kevin Love. You've got to have a team to have the win. It's not about how much talent you have. It's if you'll use, let God use the talent that you have. In football, I've got a football in here, y'all. My goodness. Oh, Logan, get his football, son. Here we go. There you go. Give him a hand. Don't throw it back. (laughs) Even when you have a sorry team. I I was talking to the pastor, a household of faith up here, Scott Bledsoe, uh, Ascension Christian over here. They've got a a football team called the Lions, and and I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. I hope none of them hear the podcast. I hope you don't have kids that go there because he was telling me, he said, man, our football team is sorry, man. Like, we're terrible. We're terrible. Like, we're small. We're not athletic. Like, we're, we're, but he said, here's what we have to do. We have to get creative. We have to get creative. Like, who was that in that Arkansas game the other day that caught the ball and then acted like he had fair catched it? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Fort fair caught it. And, 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 and the guys all walked off and then he took off and ran it in for a touchdown. It was a sorry team, but they won the game. Because they got creative as a team. It's not about being the best church, having all the talent here. It's about taking what we have and putting it in the hand of Jesus and getting out in the field and seeing Jesus build his church. Come on, give him praise right now. Hallelujah. In, in, In the Bible, uh, the, the, the Bible's God-breathed. The Bible is, 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 is God. We believe that it, it, it means what it says and says what it means. And we place great emphasis on how often it says things. Listen to this. Miracle appears 42 times. Holiness, 43 times. Doctrine, 51 times. Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, 96. Worship, 108. Repent, 112. Baptism, 115. House of the Lord, 234. Praise, 248. Love, 310. Pray, 313. Together, 
538 times. We are told they agreed together. They assembled together, banded together, bowed down together, builded together, called together, comforted together, consulted together, drew near together, dwelled together, exalted Jesus together, fashioned together, flowed together, framed together, gathered together, gave offerings together, grew together, were heirs together, joined together. They were joyful together, knit together, laborers together. They lived together, planted together, purified together, quickened together, reasoned together, rejoiced together, rest together, sang together, served together, spring up together, stand together, talk together, tempered together, walk together, yoke together, and someday soon we'll be caught up together to be with Jesus in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I'm telling you, listen to me, and I'm closing with this. His work in this church is not threatened by sin because where sin abounds, grace. His work is not threatened by Satan because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. His work is not threatened by enemies of the church. Behold, he said, I give you power to tread upon serpents. His work is not threatened by principalities and powers upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The only thing that can do to Christ's church what the devil himself cannot do is a fracture within the spiritual family, the community, which is why we have to strive so diligently to preserve the peace. Of those 120 gathered there waiting for the promise of the Father at this pivotal time in the history of redemption, in the upper room. I mean, they had witnessed the ministry and miracles of Jesus. They had witnessed the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. They had spent 40 days with the resurrected Jesus. They had witnessed the ascension of Jesus Christ. They were literally on the precipice, on the edge, on the eve of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the inauguration of the church. The new covenant. And Peter said, wait a minute, y'all. It's time to talk about Judas. This is in Acts 1. He was filled with revelation. He was carrying the keys of the kingdom, ready to open the door of salvation to the Jew, the Samaritan, and the Gentile. And he said, we've got to deal with Judas. His very name means traitor. Judas represented rebellion, personal agenda, me first. What do I get out of it? Judas represented discord and disunity, better apart. He had broken the bond between believers, between brothers and sisters. And Peter wanted them to know, one and all, that until they dealt with Judas, this breach There would be no outpouring. The rift, the schism, the breach, the broken bond between them had to first be mended. And so they closed the gap and circled the wagons. They dealt with Judas. He summed up his miserable life just by a few verses and said, this is the end of him. We need to appoint somebody to take his place because it is written. And so once they dealt with Judas... What happened next is amazing. 
And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Once the disunity had had been taken care of, that, that selfish betrayer had brought in their midst, once they were in one mind and one accord and one place again, then they were ready for the promise of the Father. I'm going to tell you a light point. God has a blessing He wants to pour out on us. But we've got to first walk in unity as a team. Would you stand with me right now? We've got to walk in unity as a team. And so today, we're going to pray along those lines. Ephesians 3, to Him who is able to do exceeding. What's He doing? He's building His church. And He's able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church hallelujah hallelujah would you bow your heads with me right now father there's a challenge in this house today for a sameness for a oneness for a unity for a being on mission for a taking our talents and putting them in the master's hand. Getting on a team, getting involved, finding a way. God, because you want to build this church. And I want your presence in our midst. I want your presence in my life. And it's time for me to inconvenience myself and get involved in somebody else's life who maybe isn't as far along as I am or maybe they're struggling and they don't, they don't have a faith that's solid yet. And, God, you've put me in their life. It's a divine appointment. It's an inconvenience for me. But, God, it is the mission field into which I've been sent and called. And, God, I want your presence with me. I'm not alone in this endeavor. As I speak, as I minister, and as I love, Father, you're speaking through me. Be reconciled unto God. Be reconciled unto God. I feel your anointing right now, Jesus, just approaching the subject. We are better together with each other and with you. Hallelujah. I don't know how else to symbolize this except for our little welcome home cards that say we have two service options now. I know you know people. I know there are people in your world Folks, we have made room. There is room in this house. Now we have to go to the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Jesus has a great work to do. It doesn't matter how far away people are from God. It doesn't matter if they served God and walked away, got all mad and bitter and angry. I mean, how many of you? That's your story. God knows how to get people back. He knows why they left in the first place. And His arms are open wide. He's a merciful God. I don't know how else to express it except with these little cards. And I know some of you have been passing them out, and I appreciate it, and I'm grateful. But, but I, I, I want to I uh, put these across the, the front right now. Austin, come help me out here, son. Why don't you just take these and kind of evenly distribute them across the front. Thank you so much. I want us to, to begin to pray for the Lord of the harvest to put some soul on my heart. Put somebody in my in my path. Help me to be not so blind by the cares of this life that I see it, I catch it, I get it. I, like 
this is a divine appointment. This is not just a woman walking down the side of the road. This is a divine appointment. We need to stop and help her. And I love the way they did it. They're like, we're not doing this so you'll come to our church. We just want to help you out, show you some love. You never know who you're talking to, who you're helping, where they are in their life, and where they, when they are ready. They, I'm telling you, when, when they are ready, God will move heaven and earth to get somebody in their path. and they're drunk as a skunk God will just slap them around and sober them up all of a sudden with his presence and they wake up and they're like this is a moment I've been waiting for this been waiting for this they, they can be in a strip club man they can be in the middle of some horrible, horrible sin God can slap just wake them up this is my moment I gotta find the house of God I gotta get in the presence of God Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.